Momentum Church, what is going on? Man, I want to say good morning. I want to welcome you guys at every campus. Man, let's give a shout out. Let's give a shout out to our brothers at Blackwater. Blackwater, we are glad that you guys are coming. Man, we're so, so proud of you guys. I know that baptism got bumped, but that's all right. When it's time, we're still going to have that baptism. And so this just gives you more time to get signed up for that baptism. How about Navarre? Let's give a shout out to Navarre, our campus at Navarre. Yep. And then Pensacola. What's going on, Pensacola? How are you guys? And Golf Breeze. Let's go, Golf Breeze. And I want to welcome everybody watching online, wherever you are. Hey, we want to say thanks for jumping on, watching online. If you are local, if you're local, get to a campus. Get to a campus. For those of you that can't get to a campus, I know online is such a blessing. And man, we're rallying around that, and we are rallying around you. But if you're local and you can get to a campus, I'm telling you, get to a campus. You will not be disappointed. I don't know about you guys, but I am still like, there's still like an aftermath of, of blessing and honestly just gratitude for what God is doing in our church. As I think about like a week ago, we had 64 baptisms, 64 baptisms. And I don't know if you know this or not, but we actually had baptisms in May. And so you put those two numbers together and it's right around 140 baptisms. Like, that's crazy. Which actually puts our church right around 1,200 baptisms in 10 years. And so I'm super thankful. God's doing some amazing things in our church. And man, we are just super excited of not only what God is doing, but what God is going to do. And remember, we said in, in 2022, what can God do through you? What can God do through you? And it's going to tie into our message. Well, we've been in this series. This is actually the last message of the series. And it's, it's the secret sauce. We've been talking about the secret sauce. How many of you guys have enjoyed the videos? Right? Have you enjoyed those videos? I mean, can we just all thank Tyler for the comedy? Can we? Hey, I want to say what a big heart. I already knew he had a big heart. But man... Yeah, to, to eat all that stuff, holy cow, uh, hot sauce. And then today, I think there was like, we started at every campus, right, with spicy, was it spicy bean, was it boozle? Did I say that right? Spicy bean boozle, let's go. And so I have them here. So just in case you didn't know, um, there is like, let's go, cayenne, come on, sriracha, habanero, jalapeno, and the yellow, this one right here was the hottest one. They said Carolina Reaper. So bean boozled, fiery, fiery five challenge. So I was thinking maybe I should just start off this message. Maybe I should do one. What do you think? What do you think? Here, let's see here. Hang on, let's try it like that. Yeah, we're not doing that one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was going to tease y'all and like start to do it, but no, no, this one says sriracha. I like sriracha, but let's do this. Hey, this series has been tight and we've been talking about this. We've been talking about, hey, God wants to bless your finances. That's the truth. God wants to bless your finances. But if you and I hang on to what is God's, which is the first, if we hang on to What's supposed to be given back to God, what happens is there's, there's a curse on our finances. And the reason why the curse is there is because there's a spirit on your money. And it's either an unholy spirit, which is the spirit of mammon. And Jesus said, you cannot serve both God and mammon. What is mammon? It's the spirit that rests on money, right? It's that spirit that tried to tear your family apart when your grandfather, when your grandmother, when your father, your mother died. And all of a sudden you thought you had a loving family and all of a sudden that loving family began to throw hooks and jabs because they were like, why are you getting that? And I want that. And what's in it for me, right? 
And, and scripture teaches us that it's the love of money. That's the spirit of mammon. That's that unholy spirit. It's the love of money that is actually the root of all evil. So whenever you see evil, anything above ground, and you look at it and you're like, that's evil, and that's evil, and that's evil, actually below that surface is the love of money. Can you imagine that? Can you, can, isn't that crazy? That whatever evil thing that we say, that is so wicked, that's so evil, that underneath it, there's a motivation. That motivation is the spirit of mammon. And you've come, you're watching today at a great time because today we're gonna talk about how do you break the spirit of mammon. The spirit of mammon is I will step on you. I will crush you to get what's in it for me. And that's the opposite of the way of Jesus. So, little reminder, we've... Talked about Uno. Let's go this way. We've talked about Uno. That's better, right? And we've talked about Uno, right? Is one. And, and God says, hey, hey, it's 10%. I, I want to be the one. I want to be the Lord your God and don't have anyone above the one, which is God. And so if we don't have any other gods before him, then you and I don't have a problem returning the first. And the first isn't just 10% of what you make. It's the first 10%. And what happens is when you are willing to say, okay, okay, God, I'm going to give you the first 10%. What happens is God blesses or he literally redeems the 90% because the first belongs to him. So whenever we, we don't give to God anything, there's, God is full. God is complete. We cannot add anything to God. He's like a tall glass of water that's right there at the top and one more drip and it's coming over. You and I cannot add anything to God. God does not need your money. God does not need my money. But in God's economy, God says, trust me with what you know you need. And if you will trust me, with what you are so dependent on, then you will put me first. And in putting me first, I will bless the rest. So I don't know if you know this or not, but 90% blessed is better than 100% cursed. That's the honest truth. And so you want even your finances, right? Like we're to love God with our heart. We're to love God with our mind, with our soul, with our spirit, with our strength, and even with our wallet even with their pocketbooks, even with their purses, even with their bank accounts, right? And so we bring the first back to God. And here's what, here's God's way. When God's children do what God says, blessings flow. And it can be, it can be financial blessings, but I want to tell you something. I mean, literally last week after beach baptism, I was talking to a friend who had a relative that was in an accident and it was like, God went like this, the vehicle flipped. And the truth is the person didn't even have to go to the hospital. I mean, had, had the details of that story been this much different, could have been the difference between life and death. And so when we are obedient God blesses us and I want my finances blessed, but I want my entire life blessed. And that's what we've been talking about in this series. We've been saying, hey, the secret sauce, this is your blessed life ever. Trusting God with the one thing, or should I say it like this? Trusting God with the last thing that you and I really trust him with. Because if we really trust him with it, 85% of Christians would not be in the category of disobedience. We'd have 100% in the category of obedience. Can you imagine what would happen? Seriously, can you imagine what would just happen? You know, um, it's just, it's God's way. And my heart for you, 
My heart for you is for you to be able to taste and see that the Lord is good. Because when you say, God, here's my first 10, and then you live a life like this, and then God is able to pour out so many blessings you don't even have room to receive them, that's what God wants for you. It's what heaven has for you. And the only, my God, my God, the only thing keeping you from it is you. And if you're over here, then change your heart and change your mind and walk the other way. And that's exactly where our story picks up today. Because Zacchaeus was not the most loved Jew in his time. Zacchaeus, you know, probably had a couple books. You know, he, he probably was like, hey, I'm here and I'd like to get a little bit better. One of those books probably were like, how to cheat people even more. You know, one of those books were probably like, how to win friends and influence people even when you're a tax collector. That's what Zacchaeus was. He was a tax collector. And let me tell you about tax collectors. Tax collectors were the least popular people. And, and there's a couple reasons why. Because they were a traitor and a cheater. They were a traitor and a cheater. You see, Rome taxed the other countries that they were in rule of, and they taxed them very heavy. And in this case, they take Jewish people and they would prop them up and they would say, okay, now you're going to tax your people for us. And then those tax collectors would get a little bit extra for them. In Zacchaeus case, he's a chief tax collector. Even though he's a little man, he was a big dog. He was the big dog. And so it's interesting how Zacchaeus would rob Jew after Jew after Jew, and he would take a percentage extra on top of the Romans already taxing the Jews so heavy. And that helped him get ahead, him cheating, helped him get ahead. But he was also a traitor because he was a Jew. So he was, stepping, my, he was stepping on top of his own people to get ahead. He was a climber. He was a climber. And he'd climb on top of you. Single mom, got three kids, didn't matter. He was going to take, even if it was your last dollar, he was going to take it because he had plans for your last dollar. And people hated him for it. Now, out of the four Gospel writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, only one of them tell us the story of Zacchaeus. It's found in the Gospel of Luke. Dr. Luke tells us the story. Jesus is actually, he is, he is uh, making his way through Jericho. This will be the last time that he visits his city before he's crucified. And Jesus is making his way, and all Zacchaeus finds out that Jesus is passing through. And what does Zacchaeus want to do? Zacchaeus, even though he was nothing like Jesus, Zacchaeus still wanted to see Jesus. You know, that gives me hope because the truth is there's a lot of my friends that I know and you probably have a lot of friends and the truth is they may be nothing like Jesus. They may be far from Jesus, but just because they're far from Jesus doesn't mean that they want Jesus to be far from them. And Zacchaeus says, you know what? I'm gonna go see Jesus. Let's pick up our story, Luke 19, Luke 19, let's read. Jesus entered Jericho, verse one, and he made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the entire region. And he had become very rich. Someone say very rich. All right, now put your hands out like this. Let's say very rich, very rich. Someone go like this, like very rich. You know what I'm saying? He was very, when the Bible says you're very rich, you're very rich. He was very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was so short, he was too short to see over the crowd. Now just imagine this, his entire life, Zacchaeus 
He was wealthy, man, so he could show up. He had reservations. He had reservations at the nicest restaurant in Jericho, and he'd come in a little bit late, but it didn't matter. He was Zacchaeus, and everybody knew Zacchaeus. And, and because he was Zacchaeus, even though he should have been at the back of the line, he probably would have been pushed to the front of the line. Oh, Zacchaeus, come, come, come. But not today. Not today. He's coming late to the parade, and the people who already don't like him have unified in their decision, he is not going to see Jesus. The passage here says that he tried. So that means that he said, excuse me, pardon me, excuse me, excuse me, I, I got to see Jesus. And, and don't you know the common folk knew who he was. They knew who he was. And he was trying once again to get ahead of other people so he could be ahead of all the people. Him seeing Jesus was maybe more important than you seeing Jesus. And that's his mentality. And you know what? People are like, oh no. No, you need to get past us. And so kind of like what happens in traffic in Gulf Breeze proper. Oh yeah, we, we talking now, aren't we? You know, so what happens on the three mile bridge sometimes when they close the lane down and Joker be flying past everybody. And, and we all can see that, the, that we're merging into one lane. And, and, and this cat's like, I don't care. I'm going to pass 50 cars to get up front. And then everyone closes the gap. They're like, no, you're not. I see that turn signal, but you, you ain't getting in front of me. And, and there becomes this unity of people that don't even know each other. But all of a sudden, they're of the same heart, the same mind. They're like, oh, no, you are not getting in. Not today, devil. And that's exactly what these people did to Zacchaeus. Look at the text. He was too short. He had a limitation. He was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and he does something astounding. He climbs a sycamore fig tree, which was beside the road. And he was smart enough. He was smart. He was smart. He was embezzling money over here. He's trying to get to see Jesus over here. He was smart. He had a plan. He had a strategy. And he's like, fine, if you won't let me in, I'll go, you know, I, I'll, I'll go three more cars. That car's going slow. I'm going to slip in front of him. And he's like, I'm going to climb this tree. I'm going to see Jesus. And Jesus was going to pass that way. Verse five, when Jesus came by, he looked up at, what? Wait a second. Zacchaeus is climbing this tree because it's the Lord that he wanted to see. And sure enough, Jesus and all his guys, his entourage are coming this way. And there's a tree by the side of the road with a limb hanging over the road. And old Zacchaeus, he's laughing at everybody now. He's laughing. He's like, look at me. Yeah, you're not calling me shrimp anymore. You're not calling me shorter, shorty. I got the best seat in the house, baby. And he's looking. He's watching Jesus. And then all of a sudden, what does this say? It says, when Jesus came by, Jesus looked up at Zacchaeus and he called him by his name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. There's a lot going on here. Dr. Luke records in this gospel a couple facts about Zacchaeus. There's five things that we know about Zacchaeus. Number one, we know that Zacchaeus, he was short. He was short. Number two, we know that Zacchaeus was rich. He was rich. He, he, was, he was wealthy. He was a tax collector. So he was not only wealthy, but, but he was wealthy because of your money. He got ahead. He got ahead. He wasn't going to let anything keep him from getting ahead. He was, a, he was a cheater. That's what he was. He was a cheater. So here he is. He's short. He's rich. He's a Jew. He's a tax collector. And you know what? He's a climber. He climbed his whole life because being short 
That's what you got to do. And he did not allow this limitation. And he did not allow the fact that everyone hated him to keep him from seeing Jesus. And little did he know that Jesus wanted to see Zacchaeus. See, we, Zacchaeus thought it was just about him wanting to see Jesus. And what he did know is God's heart is that even though he was far from Jesus, even though he was far from the ways of Jesus and the teachings of Jesus and the character of Jesus and the love of Jesus, Jesus was still interested in him. I love this. Jesus calls him by name and he tells him to come down and he says, hey, we're going to your house today. There's urgency there. Jesus could have been like, hey, next time I'm in town, he could have been like, hey, hey, what you doing tomorrow? But he said, you got to come down. Mm -mm -mm. You got to come down so you and I can hang out together. When was the last time that you and I came down came down from our schedules, came down from our priorities, came down from our hobbies, came down from our agendas, came down from our pride so that we could spend time with Jesus, came down, my, mm, mm, came down from our preferences. Well, I, just, I just want Pastor Tim live, so Pastor Tim's not going to be live every week. I'm going to go to a different <laughs> Woo! Oh, it's getting hot in here. So, so I, I feel it. Someone's getting bean boozled right now. You're like, oh, Pastor Tim, you're talking to me now. Listen to me. He came down because it was about spending time with Jesus. Jesus had a game plan because if you hang out with Jesus, Jesus isn't going to leave your house more like you. You're fixing to leave your house more like Jesus. When we get around Jesus, right, uh, Jesus is the one good apple in a bag full of bad apples that does what no other apple could do, does what no other person can do, and he doesn't come down. He makes everyone around him more like him, more like him. Oh, but watch what happens. Watch, watch, watch. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down, and he and he took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. Jesus come to my house. Oh my goodness. Jesus come to, Jesus come to my house. Jesus come to my house. Oh, 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 Jesus come to my house. I got to get the cleaner. Hey, get over my house quick. Get my house clean. Quick, Jesus is coming. Did you hear me? Jesus is coming. He's probably letting all his friends know Jesus is coming to my house. Jesus is coming to my house. Maybe there were some things at his house that... He didn't want Jesus to see. But oh, he's filled with joy and excitement. Jesus is coming to my house. He cannot believe it that Jesus saw him. Jesus called him. And then Jesus invited himself to the house of a sinner. Look at this. But the people, verse 7, the people were displeased. Yeah, they were displeased because he's a traitor. Jesus was a Jew. Zacchaeus was a Jew. They were Jews. And Zacchaeus stepped on them to get ahead and now, Jesus, you're going to hang out with him? They were displeased. He has gone to be, this is what they said. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. But how many of y'all know that the Son of Man came for one reason, one purpose, one strategy, not two, not three. Jesus was focused. The Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. That's why Jesus came. Jesus didn't come to stay sterilized. It's true. It's true. Jesus came to the mess. He moved to the dirt. <clears throat> Excuse me. He made his way to the biggest sinner. He came to me. He came to me. Oh, don't you know that was forever Zacchaeus mentality. Jesus came to me. And not only did Jesus come to him, but Zacchaeus, look at verse, verse nine. No, let's go verse eight. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord. And you know what? One day you and I will stand before the Lord. And that day's getting closer. 
Scripture says, don't be deceived. God isn't mocked. Whatever you, whatever you sow, you're going to reap. And one day you and I will give an account of our time. One day you and I will give our, an account of our decisions. A friend of mine in our community group had a four heart attacks. And when I found out, he called him on the phone and and I said, what can we do for you? What can I do for you? You're my friend. How can I help you? And he said, tell everyone you meet. Take inventory of your life. Take inventory of your life. Think about, this is his words, not mine. Think about the decisions that you're making. Because one day you and I, we're going to stand before the Lord. And you and I are going to give account of our decisions, including our finances. Can you imagine getting to heaven and, and standing there and being like, yeah, God, I was one of the 85% that robbed you week after week, paycheck after paycheck. I lived like this because I didn't trust you. I didn't have faith in you. I didn't believe you would come through. We'll give an account. You don't want to get to heaven. You don't want to get to heaven and realize everything that you missed out on because you skipped putting God first. You don't want to live a life on earth realizing what disobedience cost. No, there, there's a way. There, there's a way. And, and we see it right here. Zacchaeus, look what he said. He stood before the Lord and he said, I, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord. And, and if I cheated people on their... If I, he said, if, he, you hear what the brother said? He said, if, if I cheated people... What he was saying was guilty. He was saying, I did cheat people, Lord. I don't want to admit it. Some of you young people know what I'm talking about. You say, Mom and Dad, if, if, I, if, if I did that or didn't do that, then I'll go back and make, right? And, and he says, if, if I cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Leviticus in the Old Testament, part of the law, part of the Torah, books of Moses, in Leviticus chapter 5, verse 16, it says that if you steal from people, you're supposed to add 20%. And so what he does, <clears throat> excuse me, is he says, I will give them back four times as much. <clears throat> I will give them back four times as much, which makes me believe that he probably took four times as much. So he's not only saying, I'm going to give half away or give half of my wealth away to the poor, but then I'm going to go back and I know what the law says, but I'm going to do I'm, I'm double that because I know what I took. And watch this. You cannot meet Jesus and not be changed by Jesus. You just can't do it. You, you can come to God and reject God, but when you hang out with God, when you begin to have fellowship with God, when you enter into a relationship with God, God will change you. And it's not from the outside in. That's religion. Religion says, get the outside right. And it's a relationship with Jesus. Jesus says, I don't care about the outside. I'm going to reach on the inside and I'm going to change your heart. I'm going to take your heart of stone and I'm going to give you a heart of flesh. I'm going to take your heart of pride and I'm going to give you a heart of humility. I'm going to take your, your spirit of mammon and I'm going to give you from an unholy spirit to a holy spirit. He changes us from the inside out. And that's what he does. Jesus responded this way, salvation has come to this home today. For this man, everyone said, notorious sinner. Jesus calls a saint. And if you're here and you still got that old label of sinner, but you've come to Jesus, you are not a sinner, my friend. You're a saint. Remember that and make sure your decisions back it up. He said, salvation He's come to his home today for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. And you know what? Those people, the haters, we all got them. They didn't like that for two reasons. Because Jesus said that he was a 
son of Abraham talking to Zacchaeus and Zacchaeus was a traitor. So in their minds, he was already dead. In their minds, he wasn't a Jew. In their minds, hey, you, 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 uh-uh, you stabbed us in the back. You're not with us. But then here's the other thing. What Jesus was saying when he called him a son of Abraham, he was saying, hey, you could be a son of Abraham and still be lost. And they didn't like to hear that either. Because it's not about whose family you were born into the first time. It's about whose family you were born into the second time. That matters. That's where Jesus told Nicodemus, hey, hey, don't let it trip you up that I said to you, you must be born again. You must be born again. And then he closes with a verse I quoted earlier, Luke 19, 10, for the son of man came to seek and save those who are lost. That's why Jesus came. He came to seek and he came to save those who who were lost. You know what I love here? I love several things, but what I love here is I love the fact that Zacchaeus was, he was a couple things. He was a chief collects, um, a chief tax collector. Uh, he, he, he was rich and curious, short. He was despised. And even though he was those things, he didn't let it keep him from trying to see Jesus. And if you're here today and you think your backstory is too much, you think you're too far. You've drifted too far from Jesus. I want to tell you something. He came for you. He's looking for you. He knows your name. He wants you to come down from whatever it is keeping you from him. Because that's how much God wants a relationship with you. I love the fact that Zacchaeus acted quickly. Today, I told you I was going to tell you how to break that spirit of mammon. You reverse the curse. Say it with me. Reverse the curse. We know what this card is in Uno. This Uno card is a reverse, and, and, and we like it, especially if you sit next to that person who, like, oh, you, the entire game of Uno, every time they get a draw, y'all know what I'm talking about. Every time they get a draw two, every time, forget the wild, every time they get a draw four, they keep hitting you with it, and they skip you, and they kind of laugh, and they're like, it's not personal, it's just Uno. We just playing Uno, and you're like, oh, Jesus. Yeah, you ever prayed playing Uno? <laughs> you're like, Lord, just give me a reverse, because now you went from like nine cards to like 59 cards and you don't have one draw four you got like 10 draw fours you're like oh man if someone just reverse it i'm gonna i'm gonna pay you back it's gonna go the other way and for some of you you've been living like this hanging on to a hundred percent that is cursed not trusting god that 90 percent blessed is better than a hundred percent cursed and today jesus says i want you to reverse the curse now watch this, Zacchaeus robbed people to get ahead. And we're not that much different than Zacchaeus, are we? Because some of us have been robbing God to get ahead. I mean, it was either tithe or that boat. It's getting hot. I feel like I'm being bean-boozled all over again. For some, for some of us, it was either that like tithing or in our mind, it was that uh, house in the mountains. For some of us, it, it, it was either tithing or it was that extra vehicle that we wanted. For some of us, it was either, hey, either give back to God what is God's or no, we're going to hang on to it and we're taking God's money to Disney World. And nothing's wrong with a home in the mountains. Nothing's wrong. Nothing is wrong with, with saying, hey, you know what? We're going to get another car. We're, we're going to get another house. Or we're going to buy a boat. That's not what's wrong. What's wrong is when you're using God's money to do it. And what's wrong for you is there is a curse upon your finances. And God wants to bless you. And God wants to give you more. But as long as you stand in disobedience, I don't care if you got three homes. I'm telling you, you might have three homes and not have joy. You might have three homes and not have love. You might have three homes and not have sleep. Because that draw four, it's going to hit you where it hurts. And God says, what I have for you is better than what you think you can do for you. So 
reverse the curse. And that's exactly what Zacchaeus did. He went back and he reversed where he had cheated people. My question for you is what if God wanted you to go back and reverse where you've robbed him? Reverse the curse. Oh, now, Pastor Tim, that would cost me. Yeah. Did it cost Zacchaeus? It cost him. But you know what? We never read about him running out of money. What we do read is Jesus said salvation came to his house. For some of you, maybe it's been recently, maybe it's been over time, but you've been doing this, you've been hanging on to God's money, or maybe you've been spending the first, which is God's. And God is saying, no, you need to break that spirit of mammon. You know how you do that? You reverse the curse and you say, God, I'm willing to make it right. And then that's between you and God. That's between you and God. You take that up with the Holy Spirit. You take that up and say, God, what would you have me do? And here's what I'll tell you. I've known people that did what Zacchaeus did. And you know what? They, they didn't miss out. They didn't miss out. They didn't go hungry. They didn't starve to death. Because when you say, you know what, God? I'm willing to do what's right. Watch this. I, I, I'm willing to repent all heaven comes closer. And I'd encourage some of you guys to really think about that. For some of you guys, hey, you may say, you know what? We're, we're moving from tipping to tithing. I'm not talking about when you were not saved. Maybe you just became a Christian, but there are Christians in here. You've been robbing God your whole life. This is the one area where you're like, I shall not be moved. And today God is saying, come down. Now, I want to change you by getting close to you. Think about that. Just think about that. With heads bowed and eyes closed, heads bowed. And I tell you what, not heads bowed and eyes closed. Actually, we're going to kick it to some videos. We have a video that we're going to share. It's actually two stories, two powerful stories of how some people in our church being obedient to God led to incredible blessings. Look at the screens. Tyler, I bounced across to Steve on purpose. Okay. Give you a little more time. Uh, weather the storm. <laughs> I feel like I'm a dragon. <laughs> breathing fire. Right breathing now. fire. Is that well, you listen. Well, uh, no, uh, okay. I'm good yeah, here me, now. Me, I, me I can tell you that yeah. unlike uh, the host of a different show, who's very experienced in this, I did a very poor job of following my own rules about staying away from the eyes. Um, I definitely gave the brow a good wipe. So <laughs> there is like, my mouth uh, is not even registering for me compared to what's going on up here. Yeah, You're yeah. So no, You're no, so not feeling tough at all right <laughs> now. So no, it's burning. You're so uh, but T Tyler, tell yeah. us about a time that God stepped in on you or your family's behalf yeah, uh, in a miraculous way in regards to finances. <laughs> so, the worst thing uh, I don't believe you. I think all of it's bad. I'm not, because if I drink more milk, it's going to be worse. Okay, so one more thing. Okay, so, um, so my wife and I, we were like, so we, in, we were living in, in disobedience in the area of the tide, you know? And, um, but it was like, man, you're giving so much time, you're giving so much, and so forth. That was, for us, that was a big deal. We were, uh, working really hard, man. It's funny to say that. Trying to get pregnant, you know? And, um, hard work. Yeah, hard work. It's hard work. Hard work, man. Yeah. It was, but uh, I was up for the challenge. And um, so we tried for probably a year to get pregnant and I uh, had... It's no quitting you. Yeah. No, it's, it's who I am, Doug. Um, you know, but you just weren't able to do it, man. We had some, um, some, some, some issues and some stuff come up with that and had a miscarriage and uh and so it was really really rough you know it wasn't until we got that right tithing and it's weird because it's not saying like once you tithe you're if you can't have a baby yeah. tithe and you have a baby but for us that was that was our story i can't ignore those details you know yeah. what i mean and once we, were, we felt that conviction you know and heard you know pastor tim the way he teaches on the tithe is so like straight from god's word in the bible and he's like man this is 
it's so true. Yeah. It's real. And yep. we, you know, literally within, I think a month, we, um, we got pregnant with Lucille. And, um, you know, a year later had the baby and no year, nine months later. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're talking miracles here. That's so yeah. so, so <laughs> she was a nine and a half pound baby. But that was for us, you know, our experience with the tithe. This is nothing. Let's do this again. These wings are nothing. Yeah. There There's a couple work. more wings back there. We can load up and ask it, some more it, questions. Yeah. yeah. But anyways, so the principle of the tithe was a big deal for us, man. Once we got that right, we saw God do the miraculous in our life. We saw things that were like shut doors open. And, yeah. Um, and I'm convinced that it was because we decided to follow God in obedience. Yep. In the yep. Area of the tithe. Okay. So, yep. I love, love stories of... Uh, obedience, because it's what they amount to, and of just miraculous yeah. uh, intervention on on God's part. Yeah. Uh, literally, uh, I've been having some work done on my shoulder. <clears throat> was talking to my doctor yesterday, um, and we got on we got on talking about the tithe and about giving. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was telling me a story even from his own business. He had literally started just a little bit before COVID. Um, so suddenly he went from a booming business that felt real good in a short amount of time to literally having zero. Um, and just how God, uh, took care of him through that and without putting his story out there really, cause it's his to share Mm -hmm. just something where he was, um, God impressed upon him not to take the easy path, um, to, to fix a financial problem, but to trust him, uh, and let go of it. And the way God came through, like literally, to the penny of what he needed to make his rent. Yeah. So it's super cool. And what's funny is so. you, every time every time we do this series, you hear these stories. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And it's you it's you know, it, even all four of us here. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're yep. all tied. We all have these yep. stories. Yep. And we think it's this unique experience. And you know, it's super personal, right? Yep. But it's not unique. It's not unique in that God is is ready to pour out that blessing right. on anyone, yeah. right? I mean, so. It's the only place in the Bible where God says, test me, right? Yeah. Test me. Yeah. Test me. Try me. You want to have 100% of your finances cursed? Yeah. We're 90% blessed by me. It's an easy It's an easy answer for me. Yeah. So I'll, I'll throw the draw four back at myself and tell a quick, quick uh, miraculous story uh, related to finances, and that is um, around my son's injury. Yeah. Story in and of itself. Yeah. One that I've had the, the privilege of sharing um, with our church on, on multiple occasions. Uh, but the short version of that story is that uh, obviously Cole was injured. Um, had to be life flighted um, to Shans um, and everything that, that, you know, God stepped in over and over through that um, as far as his physical healing. Yep. Miracle story in and of itself. But God wasn't done there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was uh, after all that was over that we found out uh, that through a, a variety of circumstances that we didn't know at the time, uh, we found ourselves uninsured. Oh, wow. um, and that we were uninsured when that accident happened, had no idea. Um, if you know anything about uh, medical expenses, yep. needless to say, we were we were well into the six figures yeah. um, of what we owed between even what was done here, the life flight to Shans, and the time he spent there. So we we didn't know what to do, um, and we were actually uh, we were in Destin with our kids at the time when a couple days after we'd found out, and I was walking along with with uh, with K Star, and literally just said to her like, "Listen, we know God." performed a miracle on Cole's behalf as far as his health. Like why we are all of a sudden living in in doubt and fear right away. And if we let this draw a wedge between us and our marriage, we let the devil win in a situation that's been all God from the start. So we we just like say, hey, we're going to trust God in this thing. Again, to to make this story as short and concise as I can for for this, Mm -hmm. um, I met with Tim and Frankie. Um... Tim had asked me to, to bring some of the, the finances around as far as the printouts. I wasn't able to get them before that. Tim's like, no big deal. God knows what it is. We're going we're gonna to pray over mm-hmm. this situation and, and this debt. Um, so we left that day, you know, hugs, tears, the whole deal. I promised him that I would get him the information so that we could pray intelligently about yeah. how to move forward. So finally got hold of someone that would give me real answers. Uh, and we, we had some of the printouts already, like I said, well in the six figures. And I just love, and this was a God thing to me because her choice of words wasn't coincidental or by accident. Mm-hmm. But she said, I don't know what to tell you, but it's paid in full. Mm. So I don't know what you mean. Like, yeah. what's, mm. what's paid in full? Yeah. So I don't know. It doesn't show anything, but your balance is zero. Let's go. Your balance is zero. Mm. Uh, yeah. 
And I'm just, you know, it's like, that's just God just showing out. These wings yeah. are so hot. Wings are so hot. <laughs> so I, I was just slurping the Apollo in the middle yeah, of my story. So this isn't, this isn't that. No, yeah. God just, you know, just stepped in on your behalf. And, and uh, I've always found that to be super humbling yep. when, when the God of the universe yeah. Yeah. steps in Sees on your you behalf. Yeah. yeah. Like, I see you. I see you, my son. Yep. Yep. I got you. Yep. Super can... cool. I consider the heavens the works of your fingers, you know, but still he's mindful of you. Yep. Yeah. And you, you know. So good. All of us, man. Details. So yep. So good. Wow. So powerful. Right? Like I, I remember, I remember that. And God working Tyler in your life. God working Doug in your family's life with Cole. We we're there for that. You cannot, all the money in the world can't make that happen. Being close to Jesus can. That's the deal. I got, I got God bumps right now, man. If you're here today, listen, this isn't for me. This is for you because God wants to bless you. God knows the plans that he has for you. That means God knows what's in the future for you. And they're good things. There's hope for your future. God wants to bless you. And we pray, God bless me. The question is, will we be obedient? Will we be blessable? If you're a Christian today and you're, you're here and you say, Pastor Tim, I'll be honest, I am under conviction. I, I, I need that curse on my finances to be reversed. So I'm going to take action. I'm going to take action. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm not going to pray about it. You don't need to pray about repentance. That's a tweet that. You've got to pray about repentance. Just repent. You say, that's me, Pastor Tim. Like God is um, really convicting me about my finances. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to surrender my finances to God. I'm going to live God's way. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand at every campus. Listen, hold it up in the prison. I want you to hold it up, men in Blackwater, online. Hey, let us know in the chat. Put a hand up in the chat. Let us know where you're at. Say, that's me right there. I want to pray for you. And I want to pray for you right now. Jesus, help my friends right now, God, as they repent, as they turn to you, as they turn from their evil ways of robbing you to saying, God, we're going to go from robbing you to trusting you. I pray, Lord God, that when the enemy comes, Lord, when temptation comes to hang on, when the spirit of mammon tries to enter back into their life, back into their heart, back into their mind, God, I pray that that, Lord, it would not happen because today they've chosen to serve you. They've chosen to trust you. They've chosen to believe you. And God bless them, I pray. Bless their finances, God. Bless their health. Like the video that we just watched, God, protect them. And blessing, keep your hand upon them, God. Bless them, bless them indeed. Enlarge their coast. Keep your hand upon them, God. Keep them from sin that they wouldn't cause shame or pain. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. And then everyone looking up here, hey, if you're here today, whether it's your first time or you've come several times, we always end with an invitation because Jesus came with an invitation. He said, the son of man, which is what he called himself, he wanted to relate to the people. He was the son of God. He could have called himself the son of God, but he became, he humbled himself and he became obedient to the will of God. And he referred to himself as the son of man. He said, I am with you. Emmanuel, God is with us. I'm with you. And today God is saying, I am here right now and I'm with you and I'm here for you right now. If you need salvation to come to your house, like it did for Zacchaeus, like Doug said in the video, when they said it's been paid in full, can I tell you something, friend? All of your sins have accumulated and the cost is death. A physical death, but then a spiritual death. And Jesus died for you physically so you don't have to die spiritually. And Jesus says, if you will just turn to him and if you will trust Jesus, the fact that he loves you, he bled and died on the cross for you. His blood was shed to wash away your sins. 
They buried him. Three days later, he rose from the grave. And if you will literally trust him to do for you what you could never do for yourself, which is get your own self to heaven, forgive all your sins, be good enough to get there. You can't do that. If today you'd look to Jesus and trust him, if you look to him, you'll live. Scripture says it's with our mouth that we confess. We confess we're a sinner and we confess Jesus as Lord. If you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God, not, Jesus not only died for you, he was buried, but he rose again. Scripture says you'll be forgiven. You'll be made brand new. You'll be saved. And if you wanna do that today, I wanna lead you right now in a sinner's prayer. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? You're not praying to me. You're not going through me. We're going right to God right now. Would you say, Jesus, I am a sinner. I confess that. And I confess I need a savior. I need you to be my savior. I need you to come into my life. Wash away my sins. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for bleeding and dying for me. Thank you that on the third day, you rose from the grave. And today, I give you my life. I now receive your life. Teach me how to live. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hey, if you did that, this is super important. We wanna celebrate you right now. Don't let the devil talk you out of a blessing. We want to celebrate you. I want to ask you to raise your hand in the air. Where I got hands in the air right now. I love it. Hold it up. I'm going to count to three. Anybody else? Raise that hand in the air. We have hosts that are going to give you a bag. Inside the blue bag are some resources. I call it like spiritual protein. There's a Bible in there. And there's ways that will help you know how to pray and how to read the Bible. And where do you start reading the Bible? All that's in there. And we got, want to get this to you. The only way we can get this to you is if you identify yourself. And Jesus called your name. Today, you responded. Let us know, would you, on the count of three. I want you to put the hand up. Here we go. One, two, three. Right now, hold it up. Hold it up high. Hold it up. Let's go. Hold it up high. That's right. Man, I'm so proud of you. I am so proud of y'all. That's amazing. Way to go. Way to go. Listen, take that bag Listen, I would encourage you. I mean, we have tents at some of our campuses. We have tables at some campuses. Go up and let somebody know, hey, today Jesus made me new because we want to celebrate you. Let's do that today. I love you guys so much. Man, I'm so glad that you guys watched online. I'm so glad that you guys came to our campus today. Let's be about inviting people and bringing people. And at this time, I'm gonna turn it over to some of our local campus leaders.